Hey, my fellow monkeys, what's up? Old Uncle Silverback here with you on the Armed Ape Podcast, the show where we review and talk about everything from guns, gear, and movies to life in general. Nothing is ever out of bounds. As always, everything we talk about has the end goal of making our lives better by cutting through all the marketing BS using logic, reason, and honest discussions. I look forward to hearing from you soon and to your participation in the show. Hey, my monkeys, what's going on? Today is Saturday. No, it's not. It's Sunday, the 24th of March, 2019. I am in the mobile studio. And in fact, I am doing a little bit of sorcery on you guys because I'm recording this show on a date other than what I said. But when you hear it, it will actually drop on the 24th if all my machinations go correctly. And I've done it before when I've been on vacation. In fact, I will be just getting back. My family and I are going to Hawaii. And uh, we were able to score some smoking deals on some airline tickets. And, well, I don't don't need to go too much into it. But we also have, from years and years and years ago, uh, interest in a timeshare. And... I don't know how much longer we're going to keep it, but it was one of these things where my wife's parents had it and and we've used it and we've gotten our money out of it. The way that ours works is we're able to sort of bank our time and then we can use it to get condos and stuff elsewhere so you're not just stuck going to this one location. So again, but what they're trying to do is they're trying to sort of um, change up how they've done stuff and because we've been... Uh, members, I guess, or whatever you want to call it, for so long, we're kind of grandfathered in on stuff. Uh, but they're always trying to get you to change stuff up. Anyway, I don't know how much longer we'll keep the thing. All we're paying now is just maintenance dues, and we generally get in in uh, savings value if we go somewhere, stay at a place like that. We get to stay in a nicer place, and you get to stay in a place that has a its own kitchen and a washer and dryer and all that kind of jazz. So anyway, enough of that. Kind of bull crap. Let's uh, jump over into what I want to talk about today. But before we jump into that, let's get that contact info out of the way. I have the voicemail, which is 206-745-2731. APE1, A-P-E-1, the last four digits. To send an email or your own audio recording, you can send that to the Armed Ape at gmail.com, all one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. All right. The movie we're going to talk about today is another Rob Zombie movie, and that is The Lords of Salem. And I think the last one I did was the, um, what was it called? 31 by Rob Zombie. Now, 31 and Lords of Salem were both written and directed by Mr. Zombie. And 
you know, on my last review, I, you know, I wasn't too enamored of 31, thought it had a lot of flaws. And I think, again, with Lords of Salem, I didn't really care for it too much. I thought that, to me, it seemed a lot more like a, a, maybe an hour's worth of story that had been stretched out. There were some interesting parts to it, I guess. You know, but but overall, eh. And I guess before I go a, a little bit further, I am not going to do the thing where I say, okay, we, uh, we're we going to, you know, uh, do spoilers. This will be the spoiler warning. Normally what I would do is I would go maybe describe up to about the first act. And then I would say, okay, well, here's where some major stuff is starting to happen. So... You know, go ahead and shut it off now if you don't want to uh, to have the rest of the movie spoiled. But with this one, this is going to be uh, again kind of a shorter show and a, uh, um, I guess a mini review, for lack of a better term. So we're going to go a little bit fast and loose with this, kind of just going through a uh, a quicker format, I guess. Maybe I don't I don't know if that's even the right kind of term. So anyway, let's jump in with the movie. Again, like I was saying, I, I think this probably could have been something that would be good as part of an anthology series. And I think that if you took something like uh, Lords of Salem and something like 31, and, and there's probably another movie out there by him, or you know, or you know, he comes up with another concept. But each one of those things is about a half hour long. And I think you could have really packed in the, uh, those in there. Or maybe do two, like a 31 and a Lords of Salem, that are, uh, oh, maybe about 45 minutes or so. So you just have like a, a two-part type thing. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know how viable that would be, but... Or, again, you do uh, maybe that third anthology, since in most anthologies you're used to kind of... Usually anthologies are done in threes. So, anyway, the movie opens with these these witches, and they're doing all this, you know, uh, typical witch stuff, you know, Hail Satan, all this other kind of jazz. They are burned at the stake... And then they are, of course, the, the main witch curses the descendants, and it turns out that uh, we jump from there to kind of modern times, and you have some of the actors that are from uh, oh, uh, 31 again. So you've got Meg Foster. She plays one of the witches. You've got, of course, Sherry Moon Zombie. You have, and I forget the dude's name, and I should know it, but again, being in the truck, eh, sorry. Uh, but he was the guy that played, and on 31 I had the character's name mixed up, but he is a white dude, and he's got like a big beard, and uh, so he's back in it. And then you've got Ken Foray, who a lot of you guys would know from uh, Dawn of the Dead, who played one of the SWAT officers that they when they hole up in the mall and stuff. Uh, so anyway, 
Sherry Moon Zombie is sort of kind of like this, you know, hippy-dippy chick. And I think the time frame is supposed to be modern times. I, I guess they're kind of dressed more almost like 70s. But I, I don't, I don't know. And again, the, the, the movie didn't really hold my interest enough to where I was really looking at that. So it's hard to tell, is this person kind of, oh, are they kind of like hipsters a little bit in that? And, and their hipsterism sort of takes place in, we're sort of 70s people. You know, I don't know if I if I had to guess right offhand, I'd probably say yeah, it's in the seventies. But anyway, I guess that's not that important. Anyway, they that's how they kind of all dress and they are sort of like nighttime shock jocks a little bit, I guess. They they are they live in Salem, Massachusetts, and they are uh there's uh, Ken Foray's character who's named Herman. There is Sherry Moon Zombie's character who's named Heidi. And then there is the guy with the beard who I cannot remember his, the actor's name. And I um, feel bad. I should, I should know his name. But anyway, his name in the thing, in the, uh, in the movie, is Herman as well. And they have sort of the three H's. And that's kind of their, their bit that they go by. Turns out, and they 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 sort of um, are interviewing kind of some of the death metal bands and things and heavy metal stuff, and that's kind of why I think this is, is not supposed to take place in the '70s, because you do have some of these like satanic uh, death metal band, like a guy who's there who's coming in and is doing an interview with him. Um, anyway, there's also uh, a guy, and I forget his name uh, again. <laughs> This movie did not leave a lot of uh, lasting impressions on me. And so the chronology of this may be a little bit messed up as well. But you have this guy, and he's a character actor that you would recognize. And he, you know, in him, I actually, I actually liked his part. I liked his character. It's, his character sort of started off strong and then kind of petered out. And it wasn't that it petered out due to his inability to act or, or or go forward with the character is I think that they didn't give him they, he didn't have enough sort of on the page to work with if you know what I mean but I, I did like his his performance and I was interested in him much more so than I was interested in the Sherry Moon Zombie character who I think is who you're really supposed to Oh, you're really supposed to identify with and kind of get behind her. So anyway, she lives in probably what was at one time like a big house and it's been turned into small apartments and the lady that runs it, uh, at one point, Sherry Moon Zombie is like, oh, um, I saw the new tenant up on, you know, five up on the hallway. And she's like, oh, we don't have a new tenant. And then she's like, oh, okay, well, what, you know, I saw somebody. And, she, and then the the, the, um, the landlady is like, well, I'll check it out. And then she just kind of goes up there and looks and doesn't really do anything. 
uh, which we we later find out why she doesn't. The uh, the thing that Sherry Moon Zombie is seen is sort of the spirit of one of these witches that was killed off, the leader of the witches, who was played by Meg Foster, and uh, they have her in this weird, uh, it's a weird kind of bodysuit. Um, there is a lot of nudity. I wouldn't say it's at all gratuitous, and I would say that it does sort of serve the purpose of the story. Um, but again, that's kind of a little bit of a side tangent. So anyway, um, the, uh, the character actor, the guy, we'll call him the, uh, the researcher. He goes to the, to the, uh, radio station. He's a guest on the show and he's talking about the Salem witches while he's on there. They play this record that has been left for Heidi specifically and they play it on the air and when she hears it it kind of puts her into a little bit of a trance-like state you can tell it affects her when um, when the when the uh, researcher I think that's what I decided to call him when the researcher hears it he something doesn't quite sit right with him he can tell something's off about it but it doesn't have the effect on him that it does on Sherry Moon Zombie. Now, this was a, uh, a part of it that I liked that I thought they kind of dropped the ball on a little bit uh, in that they, when they play this thing on the radio, I'm going to shift into park here. I'm a little early, so i got a, about, uh, oh, hopefully another 15 minutes or so. Anyway, when they play this record on the radio, you see it cuts to several different women and and they're listening to this the program and when the record comes on they sort of stop and then they go into this trance-like state and in fact when she's at the radio station when Heidi's at the radio station she tells them oh mute this you know I'm feeling weird mute this and she kind of runs off and we see both of the Hermans kind of look at each other and the one Herman uh, Ken Foray kind of slams his fist on the mic on the on the uh, desk and you don't at first really know why, but later we find out that the reason that that he's uh, that they do that and they look kind of concerned is that Heidi was a uh, some type of a drug addict, and they think that she may be kind of slipping again. Also, Bearded Herman, the white dude, and Heidi, I think they had some type of a relationship at one time. And maybe they hooked up a few times. I don't think it ever went really any further than that. But he has you. Uh, you he has a lot of strong feelings uh, towards her, but she doesn't really reciprocate those to him. I think she cares for him and cares about him. But I think she maybe they hooked up while she was doing drugs, and so she's kind of at this thing where she is. Uh, that that's kind of like a past that's in her past that she doesn't want to go kind of down that road again. Anyway, the, the movie kind of goes and uh, sort of in typical fashion, she becomes, you know, entranced in the spell and she eventually, um, I think they start, did she start playing the record or hearing the record? Anyway, it takes over. Turns out her landlady and these other people, her sisters that come to visit her are, uh, witches, and they are sort of the embodiment of some of these witches that were burned, you know, hundreds of years ago in Salem. They are going to use, I think they're going to use 
Sherry uh, or, or Heidi because she's a descendant of the guy who was the original witch, witch burner. They're going to use her to bring forth the um, child of the devil or whatever. And eventually they do that. There are, there are, I think, successful in that. And I can't remember. I think it just ends with her being kind of the mother of the devil baby and her eyes are all kind of glazed over, hazed over like milky white. I, again, I don't know. So I thought there were a lot of missed opportunities in this. Like I said, I think you could have really tightened it up or I think you could have explored some other things. I think that when I talked before about the women that went into those tranches, I thought that that was a missed opportunity I thought you could have had them starting to do stuff or show them kind of coming together. I don't know if there's a, there's this one scene where there's all these witches that meet up at this place. I don't know uh, if if those were some of those women or not. Uh, maybe they were. Maybe they weren't. Uh, I thought they, they you could have done a better job of making that clear of of uh, of showing those women being kind of possessed and maybe turning on their families and then going to this main auditorium where they were all going to meet up, type deal. Uh, I thought you could have done a little bit more, maybe if you wanted to, with the relationship between Bearded Herman and Heidi. Now, I did think that the researcher's part, I, I thought, again, he was used probably the correct amount in the movie, but the way he was used, eh, I, I thought it could have been a little bit better. Um, I, th- I thought you could have given him more, oh, I hesitate to use the word agency, but and when he hears that music, he goes and he finds one of his one of his researcher books, and then he and that's written by another guy, and he finds there's a musical score, and so he goes to his wife, who's played by, if you remember her, Maria Conchita Alonso. Anyway, he goes to her, and she can play piano, and so he has her play it, and then. Um, also, when he was at the radio station to do his interview and they actually played the thing, his wife would had recorded on tape him, had recorded his interview so she can listen to it later, they can listen to it back, something like that. I don't know. Anyway, so she plays the music and then he plays the tape back for her and she's like, yeah, this is what, this is, this is what we're seeing. And he's like, well, isn't that weird? And she's like, well, you know, not really. This is just, you know, it wouldn't be that big a deal. This is kind of a simple composition and, and you know, this, that and the other thing. And it, it, when she hears the stuff on the radio, what she had said was, oh, I just turned the sound off. Right? I didn't like it at all, so I just turned it off. So it didn't, I don't think it played enough for her to affect her, but she kind of didn't like it. And so I would have liked to have seen maybe some more stuff with that, maybe had it affected her because you're, you're seeing, you would see how that kind of affects his life as well, how it's sort of, how sort of this music and how the possession and how, the repossession or the, or the uh, I guess not repossession, but the, the takeover of these people in modern times, how this curse has kind of lived on throughout the years, Meh, you know. And it's funny, the last couple of, uh, well, this one and the last movie, I, I wasn't as big a fan of, of either of these. I haven't said that, I, I do like Rob Zombie. I like his, some of the stuff that he's done. I liked... House of a Thousand Corpses. I thought it was decent. 
I didn't think it was this groundbreaking, breaking, excuse me, thing where everybody kind of fawns all over it. And in fact, the next movie that he did, which was Devil's Rejects, or the next in that series, I guess I should say, I actually liked quite a bit better. And it it does have its flaws. And I may, you know, I may, I think I have the DVD of that. I may go ahead and do that for the next review on uh, on the show. And I can kind of go through some of the stuff that I like. Now, I, I watched it when it first came out, and so I don't know. I think it should hold up. Uh, but I do remember thinking I liked the performances. I thought the writing was stronger. I thought the story was stronger. I thought... And so that was a Rob Zombie, I guess, a little bit of a spoiler alert as far as what I what I like it or not, that I actually liked quite a bit, and that was Devil's Rejects. So if you guys want to watch that and maybe do uh, uh, give me your thoughts on it, you know, whether you liked it, whether you hate it, what you thought some strong points were, or either one of these, either 31 or Lords of Salem, let me know what you guys think. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other things that I would have liked to have seen done more so in Lords of Salem. Um, one thing that does happen with the record as as she kind of hears the music, it kind of takes her over. And the uh, she goes back into using again. And she's like smoking crack or heroin or something. I don't know what, I don't know what she's doing. Uh, and of course, bearded... Herman comes over and he understands, oh, she's, she is, um, she's using again and he's trying to help her out. She's like, no, just get away. And part of it is because she's on the drugs again. And, but part of it is because she's being taken over by the witches and they're going to use her. And I think, you know, one interesting thing uh, is that, and they didn't really explain it. I think you're supposed to pick up on a little, excuse me, a little bit later is that there was a scene where I think they have maybe come back or resurfaced and they used the guy, one of, the, one of his female descendants of the guy who burned him originally. I think they were able to meet up again and they the, the devil possessed the body. It forced the, the woman to become pregnant and then they give she gives birth or they t- they take the baby out of her and it's just a regular baby and then there it shows them like smelling the baby and doing all the other stuff and then the one lead witch is like get this thing out of here it's an abomination and of course you know you're like well what's you know going on with that and i guess it was because the possession didn't take in the baby or the 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 devil baby couldn't you know, come out or something like that. And so they, you know, they, they end up killing the baby. You don't see it. I think they just think they just take it away, that type of thing. And at the end of the movie, when Sherry Moon Zombie, when Heidi, I guess I should say, they basically give birth to, she gives birth to kind of like a Cthulhu type thing. And then they're all, you know, whoop de doo and all this other stuff. So anyway, uh, you know, would I recommend you see it? It's not, it's not terrible, but I guess I was just a little disappointed in it. I had heard some people that really liked it. Most of the reviews, though, I guess now when I kind of think back at it, probably mirror kind of my experience. They thought maybe the premise was okay, but it could have been better. 
So, you know, I would say, especially if you can get it, if you've got Netflix and you've got the disc or it comes on or, or you've got something like, you know, Prime or Hulu and it happens to be on something you're already paying for, you know, go ahead and watch it. Or if you get it off of uh, Redbox or something like that, you know, for a couple of bucks, go ahead and do it. You know, Redbox used to be, what, a dollar? And now it's, uh, I think it's a dollar seventy-five. And when they when they send me the coupons and stuff, it's always for a dollar twenty-five off. So they're eventually raising it up. So they at least you know. But even then, you know, if you get like one of those coupons, it's only fifty cents. Is it worth fifty cents? I'd say yeah, sure. Uh, just to see, just for you to watch it and and to say, oh, okay, well, here's what I'd like to maybe have done a little bit different. Or here's some of the strong points, or here's some of the weak points, that type of thing. So, all right, my monkeys. It is about time for me to go, so we're going to draw this show to a close. Let me give you the contact info again real quick. Voicemail is area code 206-745-2731, 206-745-APE1. Or the email address is thearmedape at gmail.com, all one word, thearmedape at gmail.com, where you can send an email, I'll read it for you, or you can record your own audio, and I will play it for you. All right, my monkeys, old Uncle Silverback signing off. I will talk to you guys next time.